1: Welcome to the Tuesday, August 17th edition of the roto NFL podcast brought to you by WinBet. I'm Joe Bartlett. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports alongside me, as always. Every Tuesday, Jake Lutarski can follow me at Roto-Jake. Uh, before we get started, I, we, we should really post or at least talk about the fact that we have started our own underdog uh, league for everyone out
2: there yeah. listening, right? Yeah, yeah. So I set it up it, today. I think tomorrow is technically the last day you can do a private underdog league there. You know, one of our sponsors. It's a good site. I ran a couple drafts. I tweeted earlier today. I, t- I did a best ball with the 11th pick and they left me Nick Chubb and then Saquon Barkley coming back. So I love that start. Nice. At so yes. instantly I fell in love with the platform because of that reason. And then, uh, and then beyond that, so it's the last day to do private and then the clock will go from eight hours to four hours starting at some point tomorrow. So I figured I'd get one in and if it, uh, if it fills quick, maybe I'll squeeze one more in cause they're fun. They're easy. Why not? So that's a good
1: thing. Okay. So $5 entry fee, right? Um, it's yep. going to be in the, the Jake and Joe, um, uh, the underdog format, $5 entry fee, top six get paid out, $10, right? And it, is this part of the no, million-dollar like, thing?
2: It's top three getting paid out in top our 10-team league. Yeah, this, gotcha. isn't, okay. this isn't the million-dollar thing, but for another five bucks, you can do the million-dollar thing. Right. For, okay, so great. And then in this format, or at least this best ball, it's an eight-hour
1: draft time slot is what you're saying, every every yeah, eight hours?
2: except that's going to cut to four, I think, by Thursday to speed things along a little bit. It's really easy to queue up your players. You can do it on your phone. It's Cool. Uh, It's a simple thing to join.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, check that out. It's on both of our Twitters right now. We'll probably link it in the description or some sort uh on the youtube video maybe not the youtube video but certainly in the podcast i can find a way to link it too uh and, and we'll be pushing it out there as well when this podcast mm-hmm. goes live uh, or officially is posted on like spotify and yeah. things like
2: that i think there are only a few spots left i think like three last time i checked it's let's start, go it, it'll We're start, so popular. Yeah, yeah i guess yeah <laughs> it'll start when um when the league fills so but then you have an eight hour clock you have eight hours to take mccaffrey if you happen to be at work when the thing starts or whatnot okay so, gotcha yeah
1: Perfect. That's perfect for my schedule. As you can see, everyone watching on YouTube right now live. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm at home. This is the first live podcast that I've done here at the apartment. The seven-week-old child is out getting coffee at the moment with the wife, which is fantastic. So we have a good 45 minutes to maybe bang this out before a crying baby comes home. So we'll try to get that through as best we can. Before we really dive into the meat of the podcast, which is identifying players past uh, ADP of 200, guys that we like, Jake and I like, um, we'll get word from our sponsors, WinBet. If there's one thing we appreciate here at RotoWire, it's making good decisions, and even more so, making the right decision. Listen up, folks! I have an incredible offer for you with RotoWire's news partner, WinBet, the premier digital casino and sportsbook app. WinBook is now exclusive sponsor for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. WinBet brings you all the latest action with a uh, user-friendly interface, money line bets, boosted parlays, overrunners round robins, live betting, and so much more, right at your fingertips. Want a break from sports betting? We could just head into WinBet's digital casino and take a spin on the roulette, double down, blackjack, or slam the slots. WinBet is currently available in six states Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, while rapidly expanding. At WinBet, the possibilities are limitless. WinBet is currently offering all worldwide listeners a risk free bet up to $500. On your first wager. Download WinBet now. That's W Y N N B E T, WinBet, the exclusive partner for RotoWire's fantasy podcast. Before we dive into those over or past 280p guys that we're targeting, of course, we got to start with that news and notes from training camp again. As we get closer to the regular season, Jake and I will be taking over the mantle of guys you're going to be picking up uh, from free agency wire and, and who you're targeting. We'll probably recap the Monday night game as well it's nice it's nice to say the monday night game as opposed to last year where there's like three or four because of all yeah. the everything. <laughs> monday- <laughs> really awesome?
2: i'm a night owl i don't mind monday night double headers i i extend yes, it you know whatever. that's true I, I sit there i work on the outline for the next day and then uh you know <laughs> just watch some football I, I miss it i'm ready i'm ready to get back in that life that routine again yeah, we did have, obviously, week
1: one of the preseason. Week two will be taking place this week. Then we have week three afterwards. We're getting close. It's getting to that uh, time period for at least people who are really into fantasy football. Well, you're going to have a nice little stretch here where you can kind of get yourself set uh, and prepare. And then obviously, we have to keep following the news and notes that happen from training camp. The biggest one from at least Tuesday is that Chase Claypool evidently went down in, in camp. He had to be helped off the field. It appears to be a lower body injury of some sort. Mike Garofalo from the NFL Network uh, said he didn't su- suffer a significant injury, mm-hmm. although again, if he had to be helped off, and it's a lower body one, this could be something that ends up sticking around for a little bit longer than you might yeah.
2: hope for. Yeah, yeah. At first, it was like you know, Defcon Defcon one's the serious one, right? Defcon five's calm. What do you? Anyway, I, I don't, yeah, yeah I think, yeah, Fcon I think level, so. at first it was looking bad. Like he couldn't put any weight on it. He had to have Roethlisberger and Ebron kind of carry him off the field. Uh, You know, it was funny. I was sitting next to DJ trainer in the office and he asked me, what's your chase Claypool exposure? Like, and I hadn't, I hadn't seen it yet. I was working on something else and I go, you know what? It's not actually any, because I'm pretty much always taking Deontay Johnson in the fourth or fifth round when I can. So that means like, I'm not going to take another Steelers receiver the next round later. I love Deontay Johnson. So sure. even if it's one or two rounds, later I haven't been taking him and then he told me what happened here so I looked into it and I kind of followed the saga a little bit more uh wasn't putting any weight on his leg here updated after practice that he's being evaluated for an injury of course you know there there wasn't really any video or anything of it then Mike Garofalo said uh, he didn't suffer a significant leg injury and now I think the latest is minor ankle sprain, sprain actually yeah. Adam Schefter says minor ankle sprain. So I had all my anal- analysis on like, okay, what do we do if Claypool <laughs> goes down for six weeks? You know, you know what's going to happen right. here or misses half the year or has to go on IR. But I don't know that analysis is kind of a little bit out the window at this point here. I mean, I love Deontay Johnson. I think I've tried to – I've made that known. I think he's going to have – he's going to correct those drop issues, get 180 targets, and be a PPR monster this year. So he's number one. If anything, Claypool missing time would help Juju Smith-Schuster a little bit uh, because – you know, it would help It would help me be more confident in taking them because more targets are there. Deontay Johnson's going to get his as the number one target, no matter what. And, you know, maybe it would help Ebron a little bit, but Ebron's barely being taken in 12 team formats here. So, and obviously then Claypool's ADP and, and everything along with it takes a major, major hit. Would it be enough for James Washington to become a fantasy factor? I don't know. He, uh, he that was asked, the name I thought of, too, because he was asking for a trade. Right. I mean, he, yeah, he that wanted out. Rumor. yeah, he wanted out. He's like, OK, well, if you know, if I'm not going to it would have been a perfect hard knocks moment or something if we had the Steelers this year. But uh, <laughs> we get the Cowboys. But, don't worry. Yeah. It's I fine. forget who I forget who it was for the Browns. It's just like if you're not going to play me, trade me. And then uh, but then he faded into irrelevance afterwards. That's why I can't remember his name. But no, James Washington could have had a chance. But uh, but I don't know. It's still to take him into 12 team league would have been a little bit of a stretch for me. Yeah, it, it'll be
1: interesting. I think there's a few landing spots. When that news broke with James Washington, I was, out, I was on air with uh, SiriusXM with Mario, and we were talking about a couple places, and I... I don't think the Steelers are going to trade him, so that it doesn't really matter. But this injury, if Claypool will miss time, I think Washington steps up. And you mentioned Ebron as well, especially in a PPR perspective. I think Ebron Ebron in those first two weeks or so would be a really good candidate for our show, as we're talking about guys you can pick up. I would imagine in most leagues, Ebron is not going to be drafted, but could be a relevant start in week one or week Mm -hmm. two if they're missing a guy like Claypool, who is their touchdown guy of all the wide receivers, eron
2: always finds a way to make it onto our waiver wire show every single season. You know, he's always, at, he's at that fringe uh, replacement line for tight ends. And he, we know he's athletic. He can be a red zone threat. He had all those touchdowns that one year, um, mm-hmm. you know, hasn't quite had it since in his time here at Pitch, Pittsburgh, but uh, you know, you never know his name will come up at some point, some Tuesday down the road for sure. Absolutely. Moving on to another big name, at least
1: at running back, we have Saquon Barkley, who seems to be progressing well, um, participating in seven on seven drills. I don't know if we're going to see Saquon Barkley at all in the preseason. And there was concern even up to what, two weeks ago that he -hmm. might not be around for week one. I think the fact that he is going to be available and, and participating in these 7-on-7 seven seven drills
2: yeah. would indicate he is set to go for week one, mm-hmm. more or less, right? Yeah, I mean, 7-on-7, seven seven, of course, that's different from from getting hits. There's no trenches to dig through or anything like that. Um, I was always jealous as a lineman in high school watching these guys play 7-on-7. and look like they are having so much fun. while well, I got to push the sled around. But uh, no, that's neither here nor there. No, uh, Saquon Barkley's ADP uh, seems like it's continuing to rise. If you look over the last two weeks in the NFFC, he's up to number eight overall. So he's passed Eckler, Tyreek Hill, Devonta Adams, even Nick Chubb and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones had a little bit of an injury uh, to worry about here. But, uh, no, like I said, I got Saquon Barkley as the second pick of the second round in my last underdog best ball. Uh, I'm thrilled about that. You know, very, very early on, you know, I wasn't I wasn't ready to take him in the top five, maybe even top six. I don't, you know, there's that slight risk level um, that necessarily, that, that doesn't really Give, make me want to use that high a draft capital when there are safer options out there. But once you get to the back end of the first round and the early part of the second round, I have no problem taking a guy like this who does have RB1 ceiling. I don't think anyone will argue with the fact that he potentially has RB1 ceiling.
1: Yeah, I had Saquon Barkley ranked 10 among my season rankings. So guys afterwards, Austin Eckler, Travis Kelsey, Aaron Jones, Antonio Gibson, Edward C. Uh, and this is in a half point setting for the Yahoo stuff. But I think Eckler would be the only one that really jumps up if it's a full-point PPR. I know some people are high in Aaron Jones, and I, I get that throughout those first two weeks or three mm-hmm. weeks last year. Aaron Jones was a top-two scorer, I think, maybe even number one overall. And we saw it dissipate a little bit. There's There's going to be points where Aaron Jones misses time whether it be to injury or the Packers just choose to give him 10 carries in a game and he only gets 60 yards. I just get wary about that. I don't. I, I understand the upside for Aaron Jones, uh, and this goes back to the NFC draft I did last week where he was the number four overall pick. I get the upside entirely, but that there is some concern that Aaron Jones... Can have off days and that's where Saquon yeah. Barkley in that offense I think is mm-hmm. going to be more or less a guy that you you can consistently rely on maybe we'll give you the the upper echelon scores that Aaron Jones does but will be somebody that gets you that 10 to 12 15 mm-hmm. points that you want on that first overall pick or first yeah. round pick I
2: should say yeah I, don't, I, I almost see Jones as more of a safety pick because he's going to get there but like you said it might be uh staggered do you, do you think a Jones bit? is more safe than
1: Saquon Barkley
2: I, well I, I would take I think I would still take geez Saquon before Jones that's a tough one um there's there's not as much as he might have some nagging injuries but the, you know there's not he hasn't had as far as I know Aaron Jones hasn't had a full-on knee rebuild has he no <laughs> but he
1: misses time so often I feel like Matt LaFleur likes to have A.J. Dillon involved and the fact that we're drafting Allen around seven or eight seems to think other people will have A.J. Dillon involved in that offense I don't know I'd <laughs> I think the workload gets a little bit worrisome for me, and I also believe yeah. that Aaron Jones is just as injury-prone mm-hmm. as any other running back is. So I would yeah. rather have Saquon Barkley, even behind mm-hmm. that offensive line and, and the poor yeah. quarterback in Daniel Jones.
2: I wanted to fact-check it there. I guess Jones missed two games last year, played all 16 the year before, and then played 12-12 and 12 in his first two seasons. But his first two seasons, he wasn't you know really a huge factor. He was just kind right. of the guy in the offense. Yeah. Okay, and what else do we got here for Camp News today?
1: Uh, well, we have Dak Prescott is likely going to be not playing the preseason. I don't care about that whatsoever, but nope, if you sure. were watching, yeah, I mean, if you were watching for the preseason to make sure you felt good on Dak Prescott, guess mm-hmm. that option's not there for you. Oh, well. Yeah,
2: I don't know. Maybe it makes hard, knocks a little less interesting, but does nothing for my fantasy ranks. I took, I ended up, quarterbacks were going pretty high in the best ball that I, last best ball I did on underdog. So I ended up taking... Dak and maybe the sixth round, fifth round, something along those lines. I, I I'm fine with him as my quarterback in that range. It was another one of those last of a tier type situations for me.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, right there with you on that one. And then Philip Lindsay um, evidently the carry guy, like who's gonna be getting the majority of the carries for the Texans, and then David Johnson actually participating in third down role capacity. Okay, great. Uh, last we saw mm-hmm. the Texans, Mark Ingram was listed number one on the depth chart, mm-hmm. and David Johnson was like all the yeah. way on a three or four. Well, we know the Texans are stupid and Arguably not even an NFL franchise at this point, so I'm not stunned at all by that, but now we're having reports that Philip Lindsay's going to be the guy that gets the the carry uh, opportunities, mm-hmm. and David Johnson's more of the pass-catching specialist. Yeah. At that least might matter it, more, yeah. because the Texans are going to be passing a lot, considerably exactly. they suck.
2: Yeah, I mean, at least that's kind of how uh, it lined up in the first preseason game. And I try not to overreact too much for preseason. But uh, when you get to, uh, I mean, one of my deep, deep sleepers today is pretty much a preseason overreaction here. So Philip Lindsay, yeah, he's getting a little bit of uh, he's getting a little bit of hype. It looks like Mark Ingram is going to make the roster. He was he was the one who was rested, which was odd. And they better uh, you know, make him at the roster. I mean, they they gave him a stupid amount of money for a
1: super old guy. That's not very good. So, yeah, a stupid amount it's, of it's, money. It's, yeah, he's a culture guy. He it was there, a, there's a culture mm-hmm. signing. It was a one year, $3 million contract. That's I mean. stupid money for a guy that will not be able to play at the running back position. Yeah. That's okay. like Frank Gore's yeah.
2: stupid money. All right. Fair enough. So, <laughs> Philip Lindsay, back to this guy. Where did I have this step? <laughs> you know, I'm mixing up all my tabs trying to find contracts. He's sitting at 148 in ADP over the last couple of weeks. So, you're taking him. I don't know, around RB6 or something like that. And you don't have a lot of high expectations for him. He could be your first drop. I mean, I can see it, but he's just, he's not an exciting guy. He's not, to me, there's not a just a ridiculous amount of upside because I don't trust the Texans to use him right. I think this defense is horrible. And you're right. They'll use their pass catching backs more which Lindsey did almost out of necessity in right. Denver, though. Now, you know, when they have someone like David Johnson, who's better built for that, I don't think they use him for that as much. You know, it's not like he's passed his prime or anything. He's had, you know, his yards per carry, have, you know, meaningless stat, but yards per carry and yards per target have all gone down considerably each year in the National Football League. So uh, there's there's not a ton to get si- excited about. He's a guy that, you know, maybe gets uh, six to eight, you know, standard points in a, in a given week if that if the chips fall as they may so uh like i said i in the end i'm not really overreacting to this preseason news but lindsay could become come on my board in one of those like 18 round drafts or something like that, you know, towards the end, if I need, if I feel like my running backs yeah. are weak and I want to take a safety pick, um, you know, and not a safety pick because again, he's Philip Lindsay he could lose his job. He could underperform. There's all, there's all these bad things that could happen there too, but he also seems to at least have the opportunity to get maybe 10 touches a game. And you know, th- there's some value in that, I suppose. I just don't want anything to do with that offense
1: except for one player. And I'm not going to spoil anything for later in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I just, I mean, that's, there are 31 NFL teams and then there's a the Texans I, there. I, I, I truly believe some college teams could beat them right now. I, I, that's just a miserable franchise at the moment. And that's with or without Deshaun Watson at this point. I mean, I guess if Watson mm-hmm. does play, that's different. I'm just not anticipating that's the case. So I want nothing to do with the Texans. Uh, and I think they are going to be, garbage for some time uh the way they are operating at least the front office end of things the ownership so um only other bit of news that i saw as well was that carry on johnson was released by the eagles i would imagine people listening to the podcast are like wait carry on johnson was with the eagles yes that <laughs> second round running back for the lions did sign with the eagles in the offseason or was even maybe a pickup last year uh and was kind of factoring in as the third or fourth guy behind kenny gainwell um mm-hmm. in that eagles rotation uh carry on johnson injured his knee which happens every year and that was Kapitz for his yeah. career or tenure with the eagles i could see carry on uh, catching on with the dolphins or uh the cardinals or the falcons even though the falcons just signed uh Donta foreman one of those teams the who rams. really use the rams too i mean like one of those teams that really do need a running back there's a draft pedigree that kind of gets these guys more opportunities than they probably should but also i think carry on can be good when he's healthy it's just an issue of he's never healthy and of course this knee injury doesn't make things mm-hmm. any better
2: yeah fair enough I mean looking at that Eagles backfield I think that's a team that might underperform a little bit this year on a whole I have no Miles Sanders and I don't really plan to get any Miles Sanders if I get any Miles Sanders it'll be at the end like oh look at my all my teams in my portfolio I don't have I have zero maybe I'll get one just in case but it won't be a confident pick I actually am taking more Gainwell towards the end for a couple reasons I think he could possibly take the job from Sanders at some point I mean and then Boston Scott will be pesky in there too and also you know if it's the end of the the year um why not get gainwell some work especially if you're not going to make the playoffs he seems like he has more shots to play at the end of the year when you're actually trying to go deep in the fantasy playoffs for sure and i'm
1: i'm okay with getting miles sanders but i'll take david montgomery and chris carson before them and right now at least in the adp or around there you're seeing uh sanders go before both those guys so if there's a situation where all three are on the board. Sanders is the last one to go, so I just I probably will end up fading him not by default necessarily. I just like Carson and Montgomery more. Uh, but you mentioned Gainwell. I don't think I'm actually going to touch him, even in a full point PPR setting. I think there's way too many mouths to feed in that offense. I mean, you think about it, they use that two tight end personnel probably more than anybody else in the NFL does. Especially with Zach Ertz going to be around. They have guys like Rager and Devonta Smith as well too. I, Hertz is going to be running the ball often too. I, I don't know, like mm-hmm. Gainwell's positivity is that he's going to be catching pass out of the backfield how many times is that really gonna be a possibility especially when you still have boston scott there too i don't i don't like anything to do with much mm-hmm. of that offense um
2: and i am probably gonna be fading most of the eagles altogether yeah i mean i like rieger rager however we want to say it i've got i took him uh, i was informed that out of all our rotowire invitational drafts i was the highest on rager and it was just kind of a having to take go at the turn and then showing sure. he wasn't going to be back in 24 picks or whatever it was. So I I took him. I actually don't have much Gainwell yet. I'm just saying that if you're going to take any Eagle running back at their price point, he's probably the one. I, I'm a lot more likely to take Gainwell at, you know, what, like 160 ADP than Sanders at 34 ADP, 143 ADP for Gainwell. So yeah. um, I guess that's what I'm saying. Not that It's not something I'm aggressively targeting, but yeah, if you had to pick one at the price point, I think that's the way I'm going just because – just because of the pure unknown upside, I guess.
1: Oh, fair enough. Um, all right, let's dive into those guys that are over 280p that you like, and we can start first with your player or players to go. But before we do that, I want to get a word from our sponsors in. At Dynasty Owner, are you tired of the same old fantasy football leagues that get canceled after a year or so? Well, if that's the case, Dynasty Owner has your back. Go to dynastyowner.com. New leagues for the 2021 season are forming now. Dynasty Owner unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office by incorporating a salary cap and real NFL player salaries for diehard fantasy football fans that want the real GM experience and also some fantasy parts of it, too. Dynasty Owner adds a whole new level of strategy. Are you worried you won't be able to find anyone to play in your league with? Well, don't worry because Dynasty Owner can help you fill your league with fantasy football enthusiasts like yourself. You won't have to worry about finding enough players. You can choose to start a league, join an existing one or purchase a team from a previous owner. If you're serious about joining the big leagues, go to dynasty and start your dynasty today. Uh, I'm of course in a dynasty owner league right now. We have Jerry Donabini as well. That season's gonna be starting up soon. I actually just got emails, uh, a little while right before we signed on of guys that were cut. Um, I think there was one of them I'm actually be considering. So I, maybe if anyone's listening from the dynasty owner league that we're in, I'm not gonna reveal my strategy, but let's just say I like that format quite a bit. Between that and Auto New O T T O N E U, uh, who's been a sponsor in the past as well, I love both those formats. If you're doing other other fantasy formats besides the, the standard stuff, I think they're great stuff out there for you. So mm-hmm. let's go ahead and get to your uh, top guy, at least from an ADP perspective. Again, we have three names that we mentioned uh, each of us. Guys, over the ADP of 200 on the NFFC format is that dating back to the past two weeks or a
2: week? I've, or? Got, I've got it back to the past two weeks, and there's a Good. couple of reasons. Okay. There's a couple of reasons I did that. Well, can I just say first? The top two hundred is tough. We're talking you know, sixteen <laughs> team leagues or twenty round best balls. I when, when I, I we kind of just joked yesterday, like, yeah, we'll cut it off at two hundred and it'll be fine. And then I started diving in outside the top two hundred, and it is ugly. Obviously, I'm not picking a defense. That's where all the middling defenses are. Right, but, you know, right. you really got to you really have a tough time taking a guy. And then yeah, we went uh, instead of going from February first through now, we thought it'd be best to go from for the last two weeks here, mostly because then you get guys like uh, I don't know Xavier Jones from the Rams. That uh, you know that made a leap as he's looking to maybe be Henderson's backup or some of those theme guys that would be a little too obvious, but uh, I did feel like maybe I cheated a little bit on my first pick. You always do. You always uh, see in my head it's a game. The first thing I in my head here this dome it's a game, and I try to find a way to game the system whenever I can. Um, But this guy was two twenty seven if you go from August first to now, and he's two twenty two. As of the last two weeks today, and uh, I hinted earlier on overreact to the preseason, and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and do that here with Malcolm Brown of the Miami Dolphins. He's a guy I might take as my last running back, and even some 12-team drafts. Um, now, the Ma- Malcolm Brown news for those who uh, you know aren't subscribed to our player updates or or didn't catch their preseason game, he was the starter in preseason game one, and Miles Gaskin kind of subbed in and worked with the second unit all of Malcolm Brown's action was with Tua Mm. and he wasn't particularly effective. But I think if this whole alignment continues, he uh, we might not see him outside the top 200 for now. So there's a couple things there. Obviously, you know, skill and opportunity. That's a twofold that I always talk about here. The opportunity is looking like it's growing a little bit. And there is a brief history of Malcolm Brown being a viable red zone option, even if he's not getting, you know, a ton more than 50% of the carries or whatever their split looks like here. But, um, you know, so we'll just kind of start with his player profile, right? 28 years old. There hasn't been a ton of tread on the tires with a guy like Malcolm Brown though, because he's always kind of played backup, uh, in the Rams years. And, and, and maybe he's starting to get his opportunity. Now the contract doesn't necessarily suggest his, uh, his, uh, You know, one year, $1.75 million contract isn't crazy uh, necessarily. That doesn't scream. He's going to be the starter right away, but uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, he'll have a role here and, you know, he he might be able to succeed. So as a red zone back here um, in the last year, uh, I'm sorry, Gaskin had 12 touches inside the five. He only converted 25% of them for scores Uh, in 2020. Brown had nine touches inside the five and converted 44.4%. And then in 2019, he had eight and converted 62.5%. It's a little bit of a smaller sample size than most backs. I will give I will give him that. But just for comparison, Derek Henry's mark in 2020 was 45%. And Josh Jacobs was 28.6%. Two guys, you know, you kind of maybe think of, you know, as bigger, more powerful backs. And each of those guys had 20 attempts. So a little bigger sample size. And then, you know, just, just physically in stature, Brown over Gaskin. Brown is uh, 31 pounds heavier if you go by the listed roster weights. So I think if we can get him a few carries and he'll be a red zone vulture, I think, uh, you know, he, he could sneak in there and possibly lead the committee at some point during the season. And I haven't seen. Any backs outside the top 200, again, top 200 is tough. It's a lot more difficult than you would think. I haven't seen any backs outside the top 200 that are even going to sniff that opportunity, barring a big injury, of course. You know, Chuba Hubbard's in the top in the top 200, and there are there are other guys too. You know, your Darrington Evans types that are down there. That he, he, Alexander Madison, even except he's a little higher. You can even say McKinnon. Uh, put him in that group. You know, you're you're backup running backs that need an injury to happen. Uh, The difference is that Brown doesn't necessarily need the injury to happen here. So at the price right now, which is basically next to nothing – uh if you're in a deep league and and need someone that could be potentially a viable starter i don't think brown's a, necessarily a league winning pick but he provides you some nice insurance if one of your guys goes down you're not scraping the wa- waiver wire for someone you hope scores five points you got someone who at least you can reasonably expect to score 10 points in a given week so uh th- that's why i threw him out there i don't know how long he'll be 222 sleepers are tough there's no such thing as a sleeper my yeah. draft day so no, we're, we're, we're trying to do our best to dig deeper
1: I mean you're doing the deep sleeper that's what this podcast is about and I agree with you past 200 it's really difficult you're listing backup running backs the one that I end up getting especially in those like 30 30 round NFC best ball formats. P. Ryan, who seems to be clearly locked in as number two back behind Joe Mixon, um, that's another option out there. But Malcolm Brown, it, it's a perfect, it's a perfect case because it seems like the the Dolphins want to have him factoring in the offense, regardless as of a backup capacity or not, and even as a, as a specialist. And I think of the Chargers again because I, I cover them. Larry Roundtree, their sixth round pick. It seems like he is going to be just pigeonholed into this goal-line capacity, uh, and whether Justin Jackson or Josh McKelly wins the backup role, doesn't matter. They're just going to be have Larry Roundtree come run for two yards, whatever else. The good news about Malcolm Brown is we know he can do the two-yard runs, but also he can be a, bit of a pass catcher, too, as we saw at the Rams' offense in, in past years. I think he's a really capable, crappy player. Uh, And that might feel like a weird compliment sort of uh, situation, but like no one's excited that Malcolm Brown is playing. I have way too many friends that are Rams Rams fans and everyone's like, oh, okay, Malcolm Brown's going to be a factor in Miami. All right, they're going to have a crappy offense. And that might be true. But when Mm -hmm. you're talking about past 200, it doesn't matter. You're looking at guys that might be having a factor that don't require injuries and we can't project or predict injuries. So therefore I'm looking for guys that can have that, especially Mm -hmm. in the running back position. Um, which feels so difficult to find value even past round five. Yeah, a guy like Melkam Brown, who's going to have some capacity in that offense, I think is is a perfect name to to mention.
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, you know, probably won't be taken in most twelve-team leagues unless it's at the very, very end. But someone you should maybe put on the radar just in case.
1: Yeah, uh, my top guy, at least from the over two hundred eighty pieces of game we're, we're looking for deep sleepers for this podcast. Tyrell Williams, I have him ranked at like 160, 175 on our Yahoo rankings, which we do, uh, which I now believe is part of the Yahoo Plus package. So check that out if you get a chance. Um, he's being currently drafted as like 200, 236 overall. And I get it. Um, obviously, Lions stink, right? There's 31 NFL franchise in the Texans. You could maybe say there's 30 NFL franchise and then there's a Lions and Texans. I would not argue if that was the case. And it's, it's awkward that I am so invested in a team that I think is so bad. In fact, uh, I did the NFFC write-up, uh, and Motor City Eagles actually asked me a question like, why do you take a running back and wide receiver from the same team? In this case, it was tight end T.J. Hawkinson, especially the Lions. This isn't a high-powered offense. He's right. I mean, like I don't have an argument for that necessarily, other than I think DeAndre Swift and T.J. Hawkinson are going to occupy 65, 75% of the underneath targets. I am not uh, a believer in St. Brown at all as a slot guy, neither as Quintes Cefas, despite our UW Madison roots to him. No, I, I think both are going to have just putrid numbers in that position. And I think Swift and Hawkinson do a lot of the middle stuff, but there are going to be opportunities outside, even with how bad Jared Goff might be at quarterback opportunities outside. I do not believe Brashad Perriman is going to be that guy. I do think Tyrell Williams can be. Now, he's been banged up a little bit in training camp, but he's actually been very clearly the number one guy. I think if you look at the beat reporters uh, with the Lions, it's like they're almost passing it off. Like, oh yeah, Tyrell Williams is that good. It it wasn't even a question. And I think that goes under the radar, especially if he's being drafted at 236 overall. Yeah, I think people are underestimating what Tyrell Williams can do. He was a guy that uh, was able to work off of Keenan Allen. So if you're doing slants on one side, Tyrell Williams is doing more of those in routes right 10-15 yards. He can run deep. He has the body ability uh, he's the ability to go up and get the catch with his body uh in those situations. I think he can run just about every route and the lines like I said stink. So they're going to have to pass a lot and I think that's going to help. If Tyrell Williams gets six targets, he's going to get four for 60 yards. That's 10 points in a full point PPR. Mm-hmm. And, and you're getting that at like what round 20, 25. Uh, I think that's way too, way too good of value at the moment for Tyrell Williams. Uh, and he is going to be one of those guys that I have in just about every one of my teams. And if he stinks, great. I know who my first cut is, it's just that simple.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right. I I, I do agree with uh, you know not having a ton of confidence in Brashad Perriman. I mean, he has the draft pride degree, but he has never caught more than 36 passes in a single season, and he's always at least over the last four years, he hasn't played a full season since his rookie year. So I don't think they can count on him, even though he's technically listed as a starter on the depth chart right now. You know, rookie Amon Amonra, yeah. Amonra Saint Brown could be in the mix. I like I'm giving Tez Quintez Cifas, a little bit more credit than you are. I think uh, if we had to do uh, Dude, do you- name name the best pass
1: catcher from the Badgers in the last twenty five years.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just. Saying. It's Lee like, Evans, and, and it's, it's not it's close. close. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just <laughs> saying that. Tez was a guy that I can remember and even showed signs of it a little bit last year that he can make big plays. So if the quarterback's in a tight spot, he's athletic enough to go up and get it a little bit, especially if he continues, you know, on the on the first couple of years of physical progression. If we were doing deep sleepers outside of the top 250 in ADP. <laughs> Quintez Cephas, Jake's all aboard. No, I would have nominated Quintez Cephas. He he's one of my little go for honorable it, mentions even. I put at the end there. Um, but again, this offense, this team is going to be bad uh yeah, yeah maybe they'll have to pass a ton that'll be great but even if they have to, even if they're behind like can you really count on golf to bring them back so i like Tyrell Williams because he's getting slept on a lot after you know missing all of last year mm-hmm. and uh um, yes yeah yeah missed all of last year so people are kind of forgetting about him but uh he was at one point a pretty decent fantasy factor i mean his second season in the league he caught 69 passes for 100 or for 1059 yards and seven touchdowns and he's 29 years old and uh you know had had some speed at one point in his uh, in his career. Hopefully, it, it maintains after the injury here. I see what you're talking about, Joe, and I understand why you'd consider a high upside guy like that. Undrafted free agent, too. I think Tyrell
1: Williams has been a guy that's kind of made his way into the league and cemented his status, got the big contract with the Raiders. Obviously, didn't live up to it, which is fine. It's because it's the Raiders. Um, but I think he's going to be a really, really under the radar target that if you are in, I don't know, like, a wide receiver three formats. You're probably not playing Tyrell Williams, and if you are, your team is not going to be very good. But I love the depth option, and especially, especially in best balls, no one better take Tyrell Williams in our underdog leagues. I'm telling you right now, Brad, or anybody else that's listening that I know I got you to sign up for this stuff. Do not take Tyrell Williams because I want him in round 17. Jake, same for you, uh, and I think he's going to be presenting plenty of value in those formats.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll probably take someone else. Ridiculous at the end. Thank I'll, you. I'll, you I'll, could I'll take Quintez Fest. I'll go with Tez, I'll save him for you. Um, <laughs> For the first one of those I did, I thought was 20 because I was used to all the old formats of doing yeah. 20 and I had Tez queued up and then the draft just stopped after 18 rounds and I was like, okay, <laughs> I, got, I guess <laughs> I broke his heart. Guy. How dare I you? I missed oh my, my guys.
1: Um, okay. Give me your second guy uh, as a deep,
2: deep sleeper option that you're looking at. One guy I did take as my third quarterback in a best ball. This one's going to get pretty spicy here, I think. And that is Jameis Winston. His ADP is 219. He is not. Um. Oh, uh, Chris Martin, who's listening on YouTube, you, you just wait and see there. Hang on. I'm sorry. I'm distracted <laughs> by the comments. Chris Martin is <laughs> reading
1: literally, like re- literally reading our sheet right now.
2: Cause yeah. Blake was <laughs> a guy I like a lot too. I really yeah. liked him a yeah, lot. Yeah, last Exactly. Year. So yeah, keep the comments coming. I mean, we're going to get there. Hopefully cover your guys, but I'm going James Winston. I wanted to go to the quarterback position. I wanted to get us to mention one quarterback here. Um, Listen, I had a hard time finding odds, but prior to the first preseason game, Winston in the sports books was listed as a minus 150 favorite to start week one. So he's already that, the by favorite. the way, I'm, I'm taking yes. that money every time. Yeah, and, and then he went out and he outplayed Hill. Now, naturally, he led two touchdown drives. Uh, of course, he had one TD pass. And of course, naturally threw an interception, as Jameis does. Um, well, he'll produce zero like real life points on the scoreboard here. And not that it necessarily uh, the other note I had is, I mean, basically I'm making cases for why Winston's going to, Uh, Win the job. And the next thing I have is like, okay, the Saints have a pretty good defense here, but uh, Taysom Hill, if they get behind a couple scores for any reason whatsoever, I don't think that Taysom Hill can bring him can bring them back necessarily with the type no. of player he is. He, I mean, obviously he's not even anywhere near the level of, of Lamar Jackson, but even the Lamar Jackson quarterback type struggles a little bit if they get behind in the game. You know, I don't, I don't see him leading monster comebacks here a little bit, and then you have a, a player that's a much, much lower caliber, caliber version of that. Um, so I think Jameis, I mean, between the weapons that he has, the ability to dump off to Kamara, you're going to have hot, you're going to have cold as long as your league's not one of those kind of revolutionary leagues that decide it's going to take four or five points away for interceptions because We could have another thirty for thirty year. It would not shock me at all. But uh, I'm I'm taking Jameis. I took him as the my third quarterback in a best ball. Now it's debatable whether you need a third quarterback in there, but uh, because I ended up with I ended up with Dak, Tannehill, and Jameis Winston. I took Jameis Winston at the end, and I took him over Deshaun Watson, just for example. Um, is is the decision that I had to make at the end. Do I take a real deep flyer on Deshaun Watson who might not play a game, or do I take a flyer on a guy who's a slight favorite to start? ADP also suggests, at least uh, what the consensus among fantasy folks, is that he will start. I like this team quite a bit it'd be nice if we could uh, get a better idea of when he'd have Michael Thomas to throw to at his disposal. Cause again, a guy that he can, you know, just get the ball in his hands and make plays, but you know, one of the best pass catching running backs in the game in Kamara, uh, you know, traycon Smith, Mark has Callaway. They both seem like they're getting a little bit of hype. Um, I think that Winston, you know, for, for taking, for being, the guy with his type of draft pedigree, right? And mm-hmm. then going and, and, and sitting under Drew Brees for a year, learning the system, I think he's going to be ready to go. And I think he gives the Saints the best chance to win. And I mean, if you told me that he would start 16 games this year, you know, I think I, he would get bumped from at least into the top 20, you know, so um you've ruined so that's you my jokes. Him. Hold on. Okay. So
1: first off, Andy got LASIK. How dare you forget the fact that he got LASIK? Yes. So that's hey, going to help how, significantly. How
2: can, we, how can I mention his name without forgetting, for without, without, remembering that part he can see that's a big part of being that's a a huge part and then if you said
1: Winston starts 16 games my thought is does Taysom Hill start one of them because you are forgetting sir (laughs) that we are now in a 17 game season
2: yeah old habits die hard I was (laughs) I was calling the St. Louis Rams for a really 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 long time you and
1: my dad did the same thing the the San San Diego
2: Chargers those those habits were hard to shake now he does the
1: St. Louis Cardinals so he maybe outdates you on that one which is probably good (laughs) Uh, I, I agree with you and I'm right there on board actually I've done so many like deeper round best balls that the thought of Jameis Winston in round eighteen doesn't even shock me. Like I've taken him round seventeen and I followed him right up with Taysom Hill in the in the next round afterwards because I think that Saints offense, just getting whoever is the quarterback, whether it be Hill or Winston, I don't think it's a waste of a pick in a best ball format. And in redraft formats, Winston makes a lot more sense to me because I agree with you. He's he's the actual quarterback. And we know he has some talent. Yes, he makes poor decisions. Yes, he threw that pick in the preseason uh, game one, and I'm sure there's going to be more as we continue throughout the preseason. Doesn't I don't think it matters. I think Winston's legitimately good quarterback and whatever Taysom Hill is, it's not going to be a guy that can lead that offense effectively day in and day out. One other point, NFC South sneakily crappy division you got the Buccaneers who are arguably the best team and I think they are the best team in the NFC and are certainly one of the best teams in the NFL then you have the Saints who may or may not make it to the playoffs like I I would take the under on eight or nine wins at this point with what they're looking like and the Panthers and Falcons both could be candidates for top 10 picks. That Those are two targets right there. That's four games against the Falcons and Panthers that you could say Winston's going to be producing top 20, top 18 quarterback numbers easily if he's starting. So I like that a lot. Um, that's going to be another option where you can be happy to get him later on if he's your starting quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. What else that you're looking at there in terms of quarterbacks for that third quarterback guy? Do you take a risk on someone who maybe he's going to be the starter at some point, or I, I don't know. I just think you, I'm a little more sure that Jameis gets that, uh, gets that chance. Oh, I am too. A lot of those guys at his, at his level. I mean, ADP, it's like QB 30 or QB 29 at this point.
1: Right, I am completely there with you. I mean, maybe like a Derek Carr, who I I think gets drafted a little bit before then. I think he's going to produce a floor that you'd feel comfortable with as a QB three. Yep. Um, I'll I'll take Winston over Ben Roethlisberger, and I think that's going the other way. And I'll take Winston over Tua Tagovailoa too, as and I think Tua is going to be <laughs> fine. But I just don't like the the statistics. I think Winston's going to have more passing numbers overall.
2: We are definitely getting spicy here. And hey, listen, if it comes Week One and Jameis Winston goes out and throws him throw, uh, and, and just tears <laughs> it up. Throws three touchdowns. Um, listen, he'll be on our waiver wire show before week two. <laughs> cool. Before we get to
1: my uh, next guy over two hundred again, deep sleepers, we're trying to target. Let's get a word from our sponsors. Sleeper, what are your fraternity brother Steve, Katie from work, and your grandma all have in common? They're all waiting for that invite to your fans football league. I'm not sure if my grandma's quite there yet, yeah, but that's okay. There's no better way to hang out, no easier way to smack talk and no more customizable platform to host your fantasy leagues than on Sleeper. Whether you have a redraft league or a dynasty league that's been around for 10 years, Sleeper has everything you need in one app an incredible commissioner tools and customizations, built in messaging, support for snake drafts, auction drafts and best ball leagues blazing fast news, stats, and scores all in a beautifully designed mobile app and website that makes every other app feel like a horse and buggy. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy sports platform for a reason and all the cool commissioners commissioners are switching to uh, Sleeper and not looking back. Don't just take my word for it. Download Sleeper on iOS or Android and see for yourself. You have nothing to lose. It's free. In fact, we have a couple of my interns who have been pushing the Sleeper app as far as their uh, leagues go too. So we have plenty of in-house support from Rotowire. Uh, When it comes. To the, the, the younger generation. guys, yes, the they're they're all for sleep. Well, what is that
2: first line in there? And and your fraternity brothers, Yeah, yeah so. well,
1: and your grandma, which I'm not mm-hmm. sure my grandma's necessarily into fans football. That's fine. I you know, bless her soul if she's ready to go do sleeper, uh, which is fantastic. So, another great sponsor for us as well. Uh, let's actually get a word from our sponsors as well from Blue Wire.
3: This wire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including calorie smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor's the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor's also tailored to your schedule. So you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to Factormeals.com slash RotoWire50 and use the code RotoWire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code RotoWire50 at Factormeals.com slash RotoWire50 to get 50% off today.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform
1: Okay, we are back now and finishing out the rest of our sleeper options here um, that we're targeting. You had one over Jameis Winston, and also you had mentioned Malcolm Brown. Mm -hmm. I had talked about Tyrell Williams, who's going significantly higher ADP-wise
2: for me. I'm I'm letting you have the wide receivers in the show. Uh, Yes,
1: thank you very much. And in fact, Chris Martin uh, spoiled my other guy that I'm really high on right now, which is Marquez Velda Scantling, MVS. Uh, Yes, it's maybe a homer pick as a Packer fan that I am. And I feel less certain about how good MVS will be this year after the Packers acquired Randall Cobb, who I think is going to be a difference maker in this offense. But you're still talking about a guy, again, in best ball formats in particular, who has the ability to, I don't know, get 10 points literally on one play on a reception for 70 yards and a touchdown. That's what MVS's role is in this offense. And I think you saw towards the latter half of the season, uh, that game against the Colts where he kind of came back. And of course they lost um, against the Buccaneers as well, too. He had that big catch over the middle of the field. There's some trust gaining with Aaron Rodgers and MVS. And I think there's some confidence. No Mm -hmm. longer do I feel as a Packers fan watching that ball, go to MVS and say, up, Stonehands is going to drop it. That Mm -hmm. still might happen, but I I think MVS is kind of developing to that point. And you look at the past history for some of these wide receivers, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, uh, James Jones, all took around three or four seasons to develop into those guys that really were prime fantasy assets. What year are we now in with MVS as a (laughs) Packers wide receiver? Year four. I know that people shouldn't be excited about a year four wide receiver who's had drop issues like MVS, but if he continues to maintain his role as the deep threat and gets more confidence and gets more involved as just an intermediate pass catcher, I know there's Devontae, there's I know there's Randall Cobb, all the running backs, Robert Tunyon probably too. I think there's a guy that can easily get 800 yards and, and 40 to 50 catches, and that's like a floor. And the touchdowns part, it could be eight it could be 10 it could be two i don't know like it really depends on if he's able to catch those passes and not have the defense pass interferences this extra game again because jake mentioned earlier we are in a 17 game season not a 16 game that extra game could be a huge difference for the deep ball talent that mvs is so i love him quite a bit as a guy being drafted outside the top 200 that can easily present mm-hmm. uh wire receiver 45 value which i think is tremendous
2: yeah so i i Almost suggested. I almost took MVS for myself in this one. So, Chris, you and me, we're all on the same page here with MVS. <laughs> First off, I want to make the point that uh, I think people in general are almost tending to overvalue what Randall Cobb is going to actually do this year for the Packers, right? Because the signing of Randall Cobb is really what pushed. The MVS. trade. What are you talking about? Aaron Rodgers had to force the trade. You know, the sign. <laughs> it- oh, don't so, roll your eyes I, at I, me. I, I have so, yeah. So, the the, the Cobb in bringing Cobb in is, seems to me is what pushed MVS and Lazard outside of the top 200 yeah. in ADP. Obviously, if uh, Cobb's not around, he's there. I'm just, I think people are overestimating what Cobb's going to do. Yes, Aaron Rodgers will love Aaron Rodgers is the sole reason that they brought him back. You know, they're best friends. Uh, they have chemistry. They played together for years and years and years. But, it, I don't know, in my eyes, Cobb is there to, uh, one, be a locker room guy, two, mentor Amari Rodgers, their, uh, their draft pick this year, and three, just to kind of blow, blow, let things blow over with Aaron and make him happy. I don't necessarily know – if uh, if Matt Lafleur is going to give him a ton of opportunities on the field, and I, I even in some of these deep best ball leagues, I just don't see a reason you would take Cobb because we like MVS. He's obviously the younger guy. The drops, yes, seven drops last year. That's most definitely a concern for MVS. But like you said, even Devonte Adams had some drop issues in his rookie year, and eventually that they got over it. So this can be this can be overcome. Is, is what i'm saying here with mvs and uh again the, you know the numbers are getting better and better every year his yards per target was 11 last year which is great his his a dot is going to be you know average depth of target that's mm-hmm. going to be among the league leaders every single year so great for best balls for a couple of big games there but um i mean he had uh, i guess there were a couple games where he didn't catch a ball towards the end but uh you know he, he was relatively consistently involved in the offense to some degree here. And I think that'll stay and you'll have some big games in there. You know, it'll be tough to start them week in and week out unless you're in the deepest of leagues, because there, there might be a couple of stinkers in there. There might be a, a couple of games where, you know, Devonte Adams carries things. They go up by three, four scores early, and then they don't need to take those deep shots as much in the second half here. But uh, yeah, I agree. I think uh, people maybe overreacted in terms of ADP to Cobb coming in. He's not going to have as much actual production as people, as people might think. And that, that's that, that's leading to guys like MVS being overlooked. Who's your last
1: guy? Your deep sleeper guys, past round
2: or ADP of two hundred that you're looking to target? Yeah, I went back and forth on this a ton. Actually, I I thought about throwing Tez in there, but I figured I'll just talk about Tez when you talk about uh, Tyrell Williams. I thought about Terrace Marshall, but then I was like, I talked about him last week, and he's did, also yeah. he's also risen up to one seventy-five, so he's not even. Oh, okay. Uh, so he's not even outside the top two hundred. I would anymore. not At have that guessed point, that this is hard. I mean, people are, again, Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as a sleeper in fantasy football by the third week of August is is seemingly the, is the phrase that's happening this year. Um, My brain thought about Darius Slayton. I was trying to rationalize it because I was like, okay, I've given some Kenny Galladay hate and why I think he's going to be a bust. What other receiver could actually be decent there? So I thought about that, but ultimately I ended up landing on the tight end. Like I said, you're going to have the wide receivers this show. I landed on Dan Arnold of the Carolina Panthers here. His ADP is 272, so he's way out there. I took him as my third tight end in the last underdog best ball I did, and here's why. He seems to already be the starter over Ian Thomas, uh, you know, number one, given he sat the first preseason game entirely, despite no injury tags. So, you know, that's a good sign. A two year, six million dollar contract also suggests that they pretty much intended him to start. He had a pretty much kind of had his breakout year in Arizona last year. He caught and converted all three of his red zone or his targets inside the 10 yard line finished with 31 catches on 45 targets for 438 yards and four touchdowns, you know, extrapolate that over a little bit more playing time. Again, different team, different quarterbacks. So there is a little bit of there that, but you also know in this offense, he is a primary pass catcher. You look at his snaps last year. He ran routes on 97.3% of his snaps. So he's not a guy they brought in to be a blocking tight end. He's a guy that they brought in to be a part of the offense here. And, you know, you're going down, you're going down this line here. You got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, you know, and and I think, you know, some of those guys, Terrace Marshall will be good uh, again. Yeah. I've always said that Sam Darnold is a better quarterback than people are giving him credit for, especially after his horrible run with the Jets. I think this is career resurgence time, and I think we might see him going to a 6'6", 240-pound tight end a few times in the red zone and a few times to potentially move the chains here. So there's a lot of target competition. I'll give it that. But, you know, when you're looking down at tight end 30 and most of these are punt plays, um, He's somebody that you know might get you a couple multi-score games here when it's all said and done.
1: So the only way you're drafting Dan Arnold is if you if you are doing those NFFC best balls, thirty to thirty-five rounds, and you're like, all right, my tight end four or five. And the situations where people are listening to this podcast and thinking, yes, this applies to me, I can't wait to snap up Dan Arnold, are very limited. So I actually, not that I'm trying to pander to our audience, I don't know how many Mm -hmm. people are actually watching. If you are out there and, and have live. Uh, capabilities of of watching our podcast jump in and evidently I'm just going to be talking about you the whole time but Chris Martin also mentioned Blake Jarwin as a uh, beyond 280 P guy. And I love him, love him a lot as a tight end. Normally when I'm taking tight ends, it's Johnny Smith, uh, uh, Anthony Firkshire. I'm still going after him. And even some uh, Adam Troutman for the saints. Like that's my tight end two or three in, in most situations. So there's no need for me to go ahead and take a Blake jar one uh, in that capacity. Cause he's going after all of them, but I really believe Blake jar one, especially with the Cowboys offense this year, which looks like easily top five at this point, is going to have a capacity. Look at Dalton Schultz last year, 60 catches, 500 yards. How many times did we talk about Dalton Schultz as a pickup tight end uh, throughout mm-hmm. the shows last year? Yeah,
2: after Jarwin get went down week one. Exactly. You know, they exactly. exactly. With how much Dak was throwing on pace to set every single record, Exactly. You know, that tight end in that offense definitely does something.
1: And I think Blake Jarwin is going to immediately take over for Dalton Schultz, and there's not going to be a situation with as many Cowboys stud wide receivers as they have where they're operating with two tight ends unless it's clearly a run. So Blake Jarwin, as the starter, still getting a lot of those catches. If you want to just say a one-for-one one comparison, we'll get those 60 play sixty catches and 500 yards that Dalton Schultz had last year, fine. I think Jarwin, if he gets those opportunities, does even better than that. If Jarwin is a top-15 tight end uh, next year, even top twelve next year, I will not be surprised in the slightest. I think there's very easy opportunities for him to move up into that range. So he's a guy, you talked about Dan Arnold great in those deeper, deeper formats. I think Blake Jarwin for a lot of people out there listening, even do those underdog best balls that we're trying to push, uh I, I think it's gonna be a, a guy that around eighteen selection that makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, fair enough. I mean if he finished as a tight end one or you know kind of a low end tight end one this year. Yeah I, I wouldn't be entirely, twelve yeah, team yeah, leagues, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be uh I wouldn't be entirely shocked. I guess it just, if for nothing else than being in the right place in the right time on the right offense. The only thing that I don't yeah. want to rain on the parade too much. ADP of one seventy-two over. The oh, so so weeks. Chris so, was cheating. So right? we're, That's what we're, was. we're not uh, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not slipping under the radar as much of that as we did. And you know maybe I set the number at two hundred to be just way way too deep to try to pick these guys because we had a tough time there. But it's good that we got to talk in a couple other players from different tiers as well. Well,
1: the, the I think this is a really good exercise because in this situation I'm taking MV Yes, fifty picks higher. I'm taking Tyrell Williams fifty picks higher than his tyro uh, than his than his ADP. Mm-hmm. I think you're probably doing the same thing for Malcolm Brown maybe at fifty picks, but twenty or thirty, like a round or two. Mm-hmm. You are going to be aggressive on a Malcolm Brown. Yeah. So if you're listening to this podcast and saying, "Who are my late 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 targets?" Uh, even in my friends and family mm-hmm. twelve team leagues, I think those make a lot of sense yeah. uh, and, and why yeah. I like to mention it.
2: Even next week's our stake league auction. We need one dollar players, one dollar yep. nominations at the end of the at the end of the year to you know to get, to get the auction going and round out the roster because you know we're both big advocates of spending a big percentage of your auction money on your starting lineup here <laughs> yes. and then filling out a lot of one. Uh, Justin Jefferson was a one dollar player last year. You know at the at he the wasn't end in league, mine so. because I was.
1: Yeah. We have a smarter league than yours, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm not going to get upset about the other sides of the stake league coin, which is great. I, and that's a good precursor. Next week, the stake league auction will be taking place. I think we're doing the podcast afterwards and despite Jake's refusal to talk about his draft <laughs> I'm going to talk about mine I love the yeah, state yeah, league. Yeah. I know I know other we're people both in different
2: sides of the draft here you know sometimes we're going to discuss it nobody cares to. about our fantasy leagues but also do we this. can talk about our you know we can <laughs> talk about guys that were higher or lower on than most any surprise buys and that'll lead us in other conversation and we can mix in some auction strategy to make it uh make it helpful for you know the rest of our listeners out there Um let's see here though I think you have one more deep sleeper that you want to hit on. I do
1: and I don't want to spend too much more- more time in it. We're already pushing longer in this podcast. We normally like to go, but I guess the other guy that I'm looking at from a past 200 range again is a deep sleeper. Nico Collins, rookie wide receiver for the Texans. We talked about how they're not even an NFL franchise. Uh, I will readily say that. And there are a number of players ahead of Nico Collins currently on the depth chart. We have Brandon Cooks who could be fine. And that's, that's even if it Mm -hmm. isn't being Davis Mills or Tyrod Taylor, that's throwing the ball. Okay. Brandon Cooks can make sense as a ninth or 10th round selection. Afterwards, Chris Conley, Kiki QT. I feel like we've done the, that Kiki QT deep sleeper thing now for four years. I'm I'm officially point past the point where he's going to be relevant. I, I, right?
2: I'll, I'll overlook him in the preseason, but then at some point, week eight, two of their three top receivers are going to get hurt, and they're going to need to throw to someone, and then Kiki will be somewhat of a PPR option. Well, That's you, usually it's, how it goes.
1: It's funny because they already have one of their top four guys in Anthony Miller, who they just traded for, dislocated his elbow in the preseason game.
2: I, I would imagine he's going to miss some time, maybe not a lot of time, mm-hmm. but some time. It looks like so, I was just looking at his. Him. he avoided structural damage. He dislocated his right shoulder. Um, Oh, yeah. Thank you. Right. So it says he could be back week one or two. You know, again, we'll see how that goes here. But maybe that gives some time for your guys to come up.
1: Well, it doesn't really matter. I think Anthony Miller and Kiki QT play the same position. Even Chris Colling, to some extent, too. They have Brandon Cooks that can do outside stuff. But you look at the rest of that roster, there really is another guy that can be very clearly on the outside. I think even as a rookie, Nico Collins makes a lot of sense. Like, I'm pitching holding snaps. You talked about opportunity and talent. Well, I think the opportunity is very present, and I think Nico Collins actually has the talent as well to make things uh happen. Now, 7 700 yards last year uh, in college, 600 yards the year before that. It's not fantastic numbers, certainly, and it's not like Michigan's offense was uh, like super prominent from a pass catching perspective. I feel like their quarterback play really limited a lot of those guys. Nico Collins has the the body to be an effective wide receiver at six foot four, two hundred and fifteen mm-hmm. pounds. And I think he's gonna have the opportunity. Yeah. Does he have the talent? Well, I guess we're gonna find out. But mm-hmm. as a guy that's going past ADP of two hundred, I yeah. will gladly take the opportunity to have that kind of rookie as opposed to a Devonta Smith in round seven, who already has yeah. injury concerns and might be in a bad offense like the Eagles.
2: I will say if they need a jump ball guy, Cooks is five ten, QT is five eleven, Anthony Miller is five eleven, Conley six three at least. So uh but yeah I, I guess i could see yeah where you're going with that right now even wide receiver three or four on the Texans i have a tough time but uh if there's someone you need as a deep deep sleeper i suppose you could put them on the radar a lot of these guys that if you're in a 12 team league maybe you don't draft them maybe they go undrafted but you can use your league's watch list feature just star them a little bit it's the start of your watch list guys that you know maybe you turn on alerts for to see how they've been doing. If they get more snaps than they thought, if an injury goes on the head of them in the depth chart, then your waiver wire claims are already set before you have to do any research for that week. So a lot of these are watch list guys. Or if you're like Chris in a 16 teamer, um, hopefully some of these guys help you out. No, you draft Tyrell Williams. I don't care. You can maybe you can just watch uh, Jake's guys, but you draft Tyrell
1: Williams. I think he's going to be a stud. Um, but yeah, the, 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 obviously, I think this podcast there's a certain. So there's a certain portion of the people out there listening that might find this useful, which is great. Um, but otherwise, it just gets you thinking. Whether or not you agree with our picks, that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, but thinking about who these guys could be your last-round targets if you don't want to do kicker and defense or something like that. Just like mm-hmm. who can be the people that fill those roles. And more than likely, these six individuals are going to be players we discuss uh, throughout the season as we continue to these free agent podcasts uh, when the season ends up starting. So yeah. just keep that in mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you're drafting this week, no need to draft a kicker. You can pick one up before week one if your league lets you. You know, <laughs> yes. draft one of these guys instead. Maybe you get you, you get a uh, a stroke of luck and some injury happens above on the depth chart. Maybe they come out and have an outstanding preseason game that forces them to shoot. 20 spots up ADP late and, and you've effectively buyed low, but there's that. And then there's also kind of the strategy, you know, that we're looking at. We're looking at these guys pedigrees. We're looking at, uh, you know, their circumstances, uh, you know, what the strength ahead of them on the depth chart is all these factors that you can look at. And hopefully we can get you, you know, into our thought process a little bit here.
1: Yep. Uh, that does it for us. The road edition of the NFL podcast, the Tuesday edition, I should say of the road NFL podcast, of course, sponsored by WinBet. Again, if you guys are still interested in doing some of these underdog underdog leagues, we do have one going on right now, possibly have slots available. I'm not sure by the end of this broadcast or not, if we will, um, mm-hmm. but we will be excited to do that. And we have next week's stake league breakdown, along with training camp edition as well to uh, news and notes, a uh, lot to follow as we continue on to get you set for the regular season and your fantasy draft. So thanks everyone for listening. We'll be back again,